Welcome to the Real DeFi Podcast, the only crypto podcast that is totally focused on DeFi, bringing you the latest DeFi news, trends, and tips in a 10-minute or less easy-to-listen-to format. And now for your host, Crypto Dan. Listeners, a little note before we start. Episodes 1 through 5 have great content, but they don't sound incredible. So if you are put off by this, feel free to start from episode 6 and maybe go back after you get used to the podcast a bit. Thank you for listening. Smart Contracts, the backbone of DeFi. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Real DeFi Podcast, your best source for DeFi news, trends, and tips. Today we've got a great episode for you. If you ever wanted to really understand what smart contracts are, you've come to the right place. With this in mind, let's hit it. It is December 29th and the time is 1 p.m. UTC. Bitcoin is still at 27,000, been there for a few days, but Ethereum took a bump and is now at $730. We saw some significant moves in DeFi. The highest gainer is Ren, who is up 20% in the last day and 40% this week. And the down is Cover Protocol, who lost 85% of its value after a very large hack. And One Inch, who is down 25% today. Without smart contracts, there is no DeFi. But do we really understand what smart contracts are and how they work? A contract is an agreement between two parties. Legally, one party makes an offer and the other party accepts it. Once an offer is made and accepted, there is a legally binding contract. Contract is usually in writing, but it doesn't have to be so. There are many issues with normal legal contracts. What if one of the parties does not hold to the contract? What if the contract is not specified correctly? And of course, contracts are very expensive to create and especially expensive to enforce. When you deposit money at a bank, you sign an agreement. This agreement is a contract. The bank is obligated to give you back the money. If this is, for example, a saving account, then the bank is also obligated to give you some interest on the money that could be agreed ahead of time. One of the issues of contracts is that we need to trust the other party. We need to trust the bank that they will take good care of our money, that they would not go bankrupt, and that eventually they would give us back our money and our interest. And in case of a loan, for example, the bank has to trust us that we would pay back the loan and the interest. So how do we solve all those issues? Smart contracts to the rescue. First of all, smart contracts are written in code, actual programming language, so that they are very specific. The code is open source and visible. Anyone who has the knowledge can look at the code and understand exactly what the smart contract does. In Ethereum, smart contracts are usually written in a language called Solidity, which is actually designed especially for smart contract creation. 
So let's take an example of a saving. Let's say I would like to deposit some USDC in your contract and you're obligated to pay me back my USDC whenever I want it, plus an interest of 10% yearly. We can put all that in code. Once I deposit the USDC in your contract, I can see my balance from the Ethereum network. I can also withdraw it whenever I want to. You cannot touch my money if that is not in the smart contract details. So unlike a normal bank, the contract is trustless. I don't need to trust you. I only need to read and understand the contract. But even though I deposited my tokens in your contract, you can only do what the contract allows you to do. In this simple case, you cannot do much. You can pay me interest, and I can withdraw the tokens whenever I want to. Let's look at a more complicated example of a loan. Say that you are a loan provider, like Aave. I deposit collateral in your contract. For example, I deposit one ETH, currently worth about $700. I would like to borrow $300 of USDC. The smart contract takes care of everything. It calculates the amount of collateral I can borrow, makes sure that I have enough crypto, i.e. Ethereum, to cover this loan. And in one transaction, I can deposit the Ether and get back the USDC. Once I'm ready to pay back my loan, I can call another method in the smart contract, thereby returning the USDC plus the interest that we agreed upon. Let's say that would be 330 USDC and get back my Ethereum. All of this is written in the smart contract. I don't need to trust you because you cannot take my Ether and run away. It is all locked in the smart contract and only behaves according to the smart contract rules. Our ERC-20 tokens also abide by smart contract rules. So when I create a token, I can decide, for example, what the maximum number of tokens that can ever issued be, how are the tokens transferred, whether tokens are locked, maybe I would like tokens to be created over time. All of that can be defined. And once a smart contract is created, it cannot be changed unless there are rules to change it in the smart contract itself. Smart contracts always implement several basic methods. For example, balance of the checks, the balance of a certain token in a certain ETH address. Approve that allows a smart contract to spend tokens and transfer that governs the transfer of tokens between addresses. In Ethereum, a smart contract has an address, just like your address in your wallet. But this address is defined as a smart contract address. A smart contract cannot create any activities by itself. It always responds to requests that are created by regular Ethereum addresses. Easily use Etherscan to look at a smart contract. Etherscan will divide the methods of the contract into read and write methods. You can easily call both of them from Etherscan and also see the smart contract source code. I will link an actual example in the show notes.
In addition to Ethereum, there are many other platforms that provide smart contract functionality and compete with Ethereum on speed, transaction costs, or the quality of the smart contract language. These include Polkadot, Cosmos, and others. We'll talk about those in a future episode. We hope this has been helpful for you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and support us by telling your friends, helping spread the word on social media, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. Please remember that there are significant risks involved with DeFi, and obviously, this is most certainly not a financial advice. Thank you for listening to The Real DeFi Podcast. Please subscribe and visit our show notes for more information. Please note that nothing said on this podcast constitutes a financial advice. Please consult your financial advisor before making any trades. All content provided on this podcast is for your general information only. We make no warranties of any kind in relation to our content and services including but not limited to accuracy, security, and updateness. No part of the content and services we provide constitutes financial advice, legal advice, or any other form of advice meant for your specific reliance for, for any purpose, nor for any dealings in securities for which license is required. Any use or reliance on our content and services is solely at your own risk and discretion. You should conduct your own research, review, analysis, and verification of our content and services before relying on or using them. Trading is a highly risky activity that can lead to major losses. Please, therefore, consult your financial advisor before making any decision. No content on our site is meant to be a solicitation or offer.